gonna go for it. Go for it. We believe in you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to In My Opinion, the Good Fight Podcast. I am not your host, but my name is Molly Scullion, filling in for Mike Marbach today. And I am joined by Tia Kemp. Hello. Jack O'Keefe. Hello. And Keen Cobb. Hello. And we are without our fearless leader, but we are going to power through and talk about the Good Fight Season 5, Episode 4, and the clerk had a firm. I'm really enjoying the the start of this trend with the uh, episode title names. Mm-hmm. The little uh, fairy tale. Title names. That's uh, two words that don't need to be next to each other. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the names of the titles. Yeah, the I, 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 we're there. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, all right. Well, uh, shall we start with our first uh, impressions of the episode? Um, Tia, do you want to kick us off? Yes, I shall. Um, as this was a fun episode, um, I'm really excited to hear from Keen because I feel like this is with all the comedy stuff, I cannot wait. <laughs> I'm like, I want to hear what are the stand up comedians saying about the good fight? Um, but yeah, uh, Liz, so I had an initial impression and frustration about Liz. It's like, who is writing for Liz this season? I feel like they don't know who they want her to be. There were so many cringe moments for me when she was trying to be like, hey, they don't think I'm funny. <laughs> Let me try and, you know, uh, you know, get the HR people to have a sense of humor. I'm like, who, who are you? But I don't know, maybe they're trying to show us that Liz, she's beautiful, she's talented, she's so smart, but she has these insecurities and she's a people pleaser and has these issues. And so maybe it's their way of trying to show her humanity, but I don't know. I'm, I'm, I have two sides where I'm just like, I don't like how this character feels this season. Um, so that was awkward. Uh, and then I'm not a fan. Sorry, this is starting off really negative, <laughs> but I'm not, I'm not, and this, I'm not a fan of how the partners are treating the associates this season, just how mean they're treating Carmen and Marissa. And I think about the coddling of Maya for so many seasons. And I'm just like, what? They are just so mad. It's like the kid that you get angry at, even though they haven't done anything. It's like, I know mm-hmm. you did something. And if you haven't done something, I know you think about doing something wrong. So the way Liz and um, Diane are kind of annoyed with Carmen and, and Marissa is just a lot. But uh, other than that, it was a fun episode. I, I like seeing the whole jury thing with Judge Wagner and Kurt. I, I have so much more to say about Kurt, but I'll wait until it's time. But overall, it was a fun episode and I'm just curious about where they're trying to go with Liz. Mm-hmm. Cool. Jack? Uh, I, uh, oddly enough, had, had like almost the exact opposite reaction of T when it comes to Liz Reddick. I think this is my, one of my favorite Liz Reddick episodes yet. Uh, I, I love that we're sort of exploring her as a character that, that like wants to be everything to everyone. And if someone points out that there is an aspect of her personality that like is not, you know, tip top, it suddenly throws her into a, a like minor existential crisis. I think that that's such a fascinating exploration, especially in a character who like has it all, <laughs> like very visibly is like doing really well. Um, and I just gave a lot of opportunity for Audrey McDonald to have a lot of fun. So I, I really enjoyed uh, Liz this episode. I'm equally nervous about the Curtin Diane stuff as I think everyone else here is uh, because it is both scary, but also not impossible that things could go worse. Mm-hmm. um and the the comedy stuff i'm very interested for us to talk about especially as a bunch of people that like all know each other because we've performed comedy on stages at various points in our lives i think it it's kind of a miracle this episode isn't like cringier <laughs> or like insufferable because mm-hmm. i know i'd seen like a trailer that like they, they were attacking us and i was like oh no am i gonna not like an episode of the good fight <laughs> and Given how uh, embarrassing other people have been in the past when they've tried to like tackle cancel culture, I think this show did it in a really interesting way that I think actually kind of sticks to the themes it's laying out for the season, uh, which I'll talk about when we talk about that in more detail later. Awesome. Keen? Uh, I loved loved this episode. Um, it was a lot of moving parts. 
a lot of a lot of I love the cuts where someone's coming in for a meeting, but then again they're like crisscrossing and stuff like that. So it was very smooth. I liked a lot of a lot of that. Um, I liked the very small glimpse of Carmen we saw, uh, fitness buff, um, very skilled because she was holding that headstand for a minute. She was literally about to watch an episode of TV on her head, which was amazing to me. Um, the fact that she she felt she needed a weapon when the when the person came in that caught that's that's something I kind of like saved. She was like, "Is this sharp enough? Okay, cool, I'm ready." So like that's something to like save in the bank. Um, I did like, <laughs> I did, I, I, I have a bias because I, I know Emma Wilman, uh, the comedian that, that was on the show. She's amazing, super funny, uh, nicest person in the world. Um, and it is, it's so hard to write. We all know this. It's hard to write comedy that's everyone likes or feels safe with. So I really like that look into it. Um, I enjoyed the Liz stuff, seeing a different side of her. Uh, we haven't seen, um, yeah, I, I like that part of it. Uh, I love seeing the old versus the young. Uh, I like that the, I love that Leah's back. I miss Leah. I'm glad she didn't get fired or, uh, I'm very happy about that. Um, so yeah, I, I enjoyed this entire episode. And I can't wait to like, oh, and that day elevator might be the best business opportunity location in the world. Because that's the second deal that mm -hmm. has, or that we're presuming is going to happen within that elevator again. So I'm very excited to see, because you don't use Wayne Brady once. So I'm excited to see where that goes. <laughs> He's a treasure. You don't use them once and just say, all right, thanks for your help. No, no, no. Come back. We need your help. So I'm, I want to dive into it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm very excited about the Wayne Brady stuff and to see where that leads. Um yeah, and I, I also really enjoyed the Liz stuff as well. I I think for me, it, it's really fun to see her without any of her previous husbands around. Like, this is the first time we're seeing her <laughs> without, husband or without her police chief husband. So I feel like it is kind of this like, oh, you know, she's having this fling with Wade and Brady and she's, you, you know, I think just she just seems, I think, lighter and like a, a little less in mm -hmm. the shadow of someone else and I, I think she's figuring out how to be like at the head of the firm and we're learning that she just really wants to be liked <laughs> like I think in a lot of ways um but I do agree with Tia that I'm, I'm feeling rather bummed with the way that that Liz and Diane are treating the younger associates and, and it's a little I'm, I'm curious how that's going to build and and what's a, that's going to turn into because right now it just feels a little bit like high school uh high schooly mm -hmm. i know they're just trying to protect their firm but i'm just like the way she's like um yeah well carmen's a valued first year associate like <laughs> ugh, gosh maybe 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 they maybe they learned their lesson from uh the past that like maybe they let the the associates too close mm. the fact that like um damn i forgot her name she was the beast from the east uh uh what was the main character uh, thank you I don't know how I forgot Maybe Maya, it was it was just so much coming in that they were like so close. They're like, all right, let's keep a distance. And plus, yeah, because she was the first year. And Luca was like like toe and toe with me, even though they were she was on the track. But still, um, I think I think it comes more from that. And the fact that she has two very high class, very dangerous clients within mm -hmm. what, a few, if not a month or two being there. So mm -hmm you gotta see what she does or like how that works so i mean i understand like def it's definitely like a mean girl kind of vibe to it i can see that um and you would think that uh that marissa would have some more leeway because she's been there for years already so yeah that is that's definitely a shift so yeah, yeah I, think, I think you're right though it'll be interesting to see what that leads to if anything mm -hmm. yeah all right, well, should we jump right into the nerves of the episode and um, tackle Diane and Kurt and this whole situation? Uh, oh. <laughs> oh. What's your like, what are your Kurt? thoughts? <laughs> yeah, seriously. What, what's um, your burning over there, Kurt? <laughs> that's, that's not suspicious at all, baby. Uh, yeah. Like, the more <clears throat> I know, I and we'll talk about this at the, end, at the end of the episode, but I made a prediction that Kurt was at the riots on January 6th. 
and more and more each episode it's looking like both he wasn't there but was also way more involved <laughs> than you would expect for someone who wasn't at the capitol riots yeah. um it yeah. is concerning uh, but it's also, I mean, he makes a great point or, or when they're discussing that, you know, she's looking out for him the way that he sort of throws out that like he, you know, looked out for her with like the book group stuff. And in a way, uh, January 6th was just the more explicitly murder version of what the book group was trying to do, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, I think it's going to be, I think they're going to stretch out those parallels and I think it's going to come to the logical conclusion, which is, you know, even if the January 6th situation was just something that got out of hand for someone who's defending it, there's severe air quotes there. Uh, You know, these were people, the people putting it together were people who were armed, who knew how to use firearms, who were bringing guns, you know, that it was scary as much as you know we are now six months removed from that but like that day was fucking scary and i think this season is like putting in work to make that that is how that day is remembered before it gets turned into like a talking point of like oh people can't stop talking about january 6th it wasn't that bad you always keep talking about it which is already something i'm seeing in the media mm-hmm. yeah i don't know i feel I feel anxious about his involvement and potential involvement. And that I, I guess I, I think it, well, I think the show is doing what it's supposed to do. Right. That I was like, mm-hmm. Oh, Kurt, Kurt's one of the, one of the good ones. It's like, you're yeah. right. Is, you know, he, he didn't, he didn't vote for the guy at least, you know, that kind of thing. But um, the more he, gets so staunch and and stuck in his ways of like no i'm not i'm not snitching i'm not doing i'm not saying anything all of that it's just like oh man what is happening here and now and now i'm worried freaking diane not telling him about calling in dylan pike i'm like oh no (laughs) feels so (laughs) sad would you like would you like to give your name? No, <laughs> no, <laughs> her Diane voice. Um, yeah, I was surprised that came back. Um, I mean, surprised, but not. But I don't. I don't know how reco- recordings and anonymous calls work and grand jury stuff. But I thought that she was safe with the burner phone. I was like, she using mm-hmm. a burner phone. They good. But here go, oh girl, uh, coming in and being like, mm, does this voice sound familiar? So I was surprised. And I don't know, I'm really curious about the relationship between Kurt and Dylan Pike because Kurt is not throwing anybody under, he's not giving out any names, mm-hmm. but Dylan's singing like a canary. So I'm mm-hmm. like, what, what's going on? I, I'm surprised Kurt's still not at least saying like, whoa, Dylan's calling me out saying I started it, here we go. But he's still being very uh, sneaky and secretive about his involvement. So I don't know. We'll see. I think I go back to feeling like that's why I didn't trust him in the first place and I shouldn't mm-hmm. have let my guard down. But that one episode where he came out like the hero, mm-hmm. awesome protector of Diane, I was like, I'm one over, but I should have trusted my gut. I'll trust him. I, I mean, I'm back not trusting him. I, I can definitely understand that because the way he, the way he, when he was prepared to, to like, <laughs> get rid of stuff was like top notch but for him for and, and with him i think i don't want to romanticize it but it sounds like romanticizing <laughs> it. um i think he's a cowboy in the wrong time i think he i think he's like one of those legit old school uh, man's man a guy's guy and like she was even telling him before he went in there like that doesn't work like being this isn't about that da, da, da. but I got a weird feeling because they mention it, but they kind of like forget about it. I got a weird feeling that Revis or Revy has, I think he has a point. I think this is going to come back to Diane more than anything. Now, yeah, this is definitely, they're using this with Kurt, but I think this is a still, I think this is someone's play to 
they, they dropped that in the first season, but I think this is someone's play to take down the firm. I think eventually it'll lead to that mixed file situation. Like, oopsie, we mm-hmm. I dropped it. And like, um, I'm, I'm going to get canceled for this. I'm very sorry for the whole cast. Uh, but I, this is the first uh, portrayal of a pregnant woman I hate because she's using that as like a crutch. <laughs> it's just like every little thing. I'm like, all right, that's, I can't, I can't say why, but like, that's a, that's weird. But I think this is going to lead to an, another attack on the whole firm than just, mm. this is just their doorway to get in to the firm's files. I think. Mm. Um, is this oh, our first the, Nancy oh, Crozier? Is this our first Nancy Crozier? This in the is good our first fight? Nancy Crozier in the good fight, mm. I think. And, and yeah. has somehow in becoming pregnant also absorbed the powers of a good way favorite Patty Nyholm. Mm-hmm. perpetually pregnant yep. lawyer in that show yeah oh man but yes this is that's so funny to hear that but i was like oh of course that's how she would be when she's pregnant i'm like oh that's right keen would not <laughs> this is this is your first impression of, of nancy, nancy oh, this is your first impression of nancy crozier yeah yeah, yeah yeah oh my god yeah yeah oh. i thought she i thought was she, she not was in earlier yeah she was I, in the good fight earlier was in the good fight season. really yeah. i think so because I recognized her and like even from what I remember back then she used oh if I remember right it was something like someone warned her saying like she's good but she's all about rhythm and if you throw her off yeah. then she's fucked mm-hmm. so like maybe maybe the pregnancy thing might throw her rhythm off even more so I don't know but yeah I don't like her so <laughs> um oh, boy. I'm curious is I don't know what to make of this whole the Oscar review charles lester like giving this information and all of that i don't know i'm very curious to see if this kind of thing continues and what it turns mm-hmm. into like i i don't know it's just it was a very i loved that start to the episode i thought it was such a interesting way to start the whole um yeah. this whole storyline but yeah i don't know i'm just very curious about how that's all gonna yeah. Uh, I love the cathartic, like nerve-wracking overlapping of all the different phone calls. Yeah, that you got, you got Jay trying to shush Frederick Douglass. You got, (laughs) you got Audrey McDonald trying to tame the horniest Wayne Brady I've seen. Uh, (laughs) Well, can I? uh, You know, somebody got to ask y'all questions. Mm -hmm. This is my question: When you sexing, you pick up the phone. Cause I wouldn't, I would, I would no. never, ever pick up the phone. I'm like, you're either bored, you're not doing it right. Well, like, what is going on? We're not, heads never... of, we're not heads of like uh, law firms though, either. So <laughs> right. I feel like if somebody's calling me that late at night and it's not a person who would usually call me that late at night, I would get anxious that something was wrong. So I'd already be thrown mm-hmm. off my rhythm and be like, oh, well, you've already ruined this for me. Although Liz did not seem that bothered. <laughs> like, no. she, was, oh, she was all good. So um and then at the end we find uh, julius is the new lawyer for kurt <laughs> i know I that do. was that i'm yeah, not surprised that, one bit it's yeah perfect it is mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah that's good pick i guess yeah and oh that was so like it, they could have made it more of like a godfather moment but yeah when jay goes in to like give the information <laughs> to uh, Julius and Diane's like, I want to know. And it's like, sorry, you're not the lawyer anymore. And they're kind of off talking about it. And I was like, Do, hey, the audience, we want to know. Like, I'm not Diane. Mm-hmm. Like, tell me. Right. I, know <laughs> I was like, I can go in the room. So I was just, uh, it was set to kind of be on the outside of that. Um, but, ugh. Yeah, I do think it's so interesting that they're finally going to put like the two most prominent Republicans in this entire franchise uh in the same room i'm so curious to see what uh like differences they pull apart from how these two look at being republican because i i think these are two very different types of republican mm-hmm. i think julius is a very like money focused republican and kurt is like that like old american values you know cigarettes and horseback style republican <laughs> cigarettes and horseback <laughs> basically marlboro marlboro yeah, yeah. Uh, Mar- <laughs> um i did feel like uh, this very minor but i i was very aware of how diane was talking this episode christine baranski was delivering her lines this episode there was just a lot that was like 
just very like really funny to me i mean not that they were poorly delivered but like when she's talking about the files and she just goes the shredding service was supposed to pick them up and like like just like that. <laughs> that's how oh, you know it's yeah. drama yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was intense i just uh, really enjoyed that throughout that oh and i liked um uh jane Curtin back um, yeah oh yeah real I quick love yes love her things are great it was great yeah okay any other thoughts oh, on yes yeah. so it's very interesting to see the legacy of interrupting a sister before she about to go into her workout carrying on from luca because luca <laughs> had the same thing i remember that episode mm-hmm. she was trying to work out and she was getting interrupted and i'm like poor carmen she's like working out before bed and she is interrupted i have not seen any other character get interrupted as they were in the workout clothes, but Carmen is, is carrying on on that. So speaking, that's just a similarity I noticed. <laughs> speaking speaking of like characters, did anyone notice we got a new um a new deliverer of oh, yeah. the- Yes, yeah. yes, I was shocked. That threw me off for a little bit. And then he just like waved bye-bye very creepily. <laughs> like, bro, where's our guy? Turn around. Don't if, if you don't have like a fun, quick little quip in like Yiddish or Russian or whatever language that uh, the guy was learning, get out of here you know that was very odd not to see him back yeah that was different like give us some personality to this one we can get a whole like dueling court service thing going on come on (laughs) there's a whole whole new spinoff third spinoff right there there it is dang what happened to him maybe he was sick or on vacation (laughs) yeah probably makes it like more you know true to life it's like i'll always be there to serve Okay. Anything, any other thoughts on this before we move on? All right. Keep it rolling. Let's, uh, shall we get into the, uh, Del Cooper, uh, sensitivity read, all of that, all that good stuff. Yes. Oh, yes. Yes. (laughs) Any, uh, um, initial thoughts on this, on this storyline? Uh, so, go, go ahead, Keen. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, it, it, it touched me in a certain way because uh, I've, been, I've been writing and, and telling jokes on stage for a very long time. And I know the, I know the, the person who played the, the stand-up comedian in the, in the show. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, it's not easy. It's not easy <laughs> writing jokes. It's not easy trying to like make sure that they 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 punch a certain way or whatever. Um, so it was cool to see them. It was cool to see them go into this this kind of topic. And I love the fact that no one ever cashed in their card or even tried to tell a joke because the only person that tried to tell a joke was Liz, and they cut her right before the punchline. She was yeah. going into it, and it just was like, how many of the bang so like no so like they talked about it but no one got offended because no one made the jokes or we didn't hear Good the point. jokes and i like that's a that's a theme i think because i think to you mentioned this earlier like we're in the we're in the audience i want to know we, we want to know i do but i think this might be i might be off but i think this is the first season where we're not privy to that access i mean it's it's paramount all access but not not every bit <laughs> of it um <laughs> So I like the fact that they're keeping us in the dark with certain things and we learn with the characters, which is cool. Um, but as far as this, watching, uh, it's it's wild because older folks, you think they wouldn't, but they rather, and for the crowds that I work, they like the dirty stuff because it's like, oh, he's telling it like it is. Like, you don't remember, you're, shut up, you don't remember. But it's it was cool to see them think they're being funny because it's Norwegian instead of Nigerian. And like, it's a whole thing. So I, I really enjoyed that aspect of showing that side of it. Yeah. Yeah, I, um, uh, I, I just always, I've always been annoyed by the whole cancel culture conversation because the whole thing is literally just was like appropriated from black culture. Like we'd just be like, oh, you canceled, you canceled. It's almost like if the mainstream took the phrase by Felicia and turned it into by Felicia culture, mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's just, it was just like this internal thing. And then um, it turned into something because of, you know, different things or people saying things and getting fired and all that kind of stuff. And 
now politically it's being used like cancel and it's just I don't know so I just get annoyed by it because I know the origins but mm -hmm. um I would suggest for for the kings who are listening and any other any other listeners to look up Cat Williams he talks about uh cancel culture and it's probably my favorite it was like I loved how he talked about it and I'm, I was surprised because I'm not like a huge Cat Williams mm -hmm. fan and the way he spoke about cancel culture and comedy was so good and just the things people can still say and how it's important to like there's nothing wrong with trying to be inclusive there's nothing wrong with you know making sure you're grabbing everybody as many people as you can who can like your content um and he talked about how <laughs> some people who were you know who are like oh I can't say this and this and that he's like when you could do whatever you want you weren't that funny anyway like if if it mm -hmm. takes if you can't if, you, if it takes someone editing certain things out of your stuff and all of a sudden you can't do your job or do your art form, then maybe this isn't for you. Like if you're really good, you can still make it work. And he said other things. He's like, you can still say dirty bitch. Nobody took that away. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, and, but anyway, look it up. It's really good. Um, so yeah, I think with this comedian, I didn't understand the stakes either. Like mm -hmm. when Wayne Brady comes and he's like, oh, you got to help you gotta help my comedian or this I'm like or what like I didn't understand the stakes that were involved they just mentioned oh canceled and then that was it so mm -hmm. it's like are they getting something taken away are they are their shows not going to be booked so maybe they did say it but I didn't feel the high stakes of the situation mm -hmm. so I think for, for the, the sense I got was that it was kind of like a bureaucratic going through the motions kind of thing of like a, oh we have to do this to say we did this uh, kind of like how, you know, if you will see a, a TV show or a piece of media do like the bare minimum and be like, oh, we hired one consultant to watch the movie and tell us that there was nothing wrong and they gave us a thumbs up. So here is this horrible, there's this mildly offensive movie because we found one person to tell us it wasn't offensive kind of thing. Yeah. It, it, it's a cultural, my black friend said this was okay kind of thing. It feels like they're doing. Yeah. Uh, and I think what is interesting about this episode is that I, I kind of like that that conversation didn't really have like stakes from the beginning. Uh, just because it, it was definitely the most like loosey goosey part of the episode, especially compared to, you know, we have the very tightly plotted Kurt and Diane stuff, uh, which is super propulsive, as well as the Carmen stuff. But I think this actually serves a pretty solid thematic purpose in parallel with like the court nine and three quarters stuff, which is how the legal mindset is horribly ill-equipped to make any commentary or decisions about human existence or just living a human life, you know, because once you get like this, you know, peanut gallery of lawyers trying to find like, how can we find the most legally, you know, how can we turn a stand-up set into a contract that is, you know, morally irrefutable in a world where, you know, at its absolute worst, uh, people take the conversation of like consequences. And I do think sometimes turn it into like a game of moral Olympics of like, oh, I've found what's wrong about this more than anyone else. And I'm the person that brought it to everyone's attention. I win the prize of like internet points. Uh, I think, you know, granted that was a very, a nuanced take uh, that I might spend 10 years trying to find a way to sound any kind of way smart about. But I think the smart thing this show did was that it skirted any sort of like take on cancel culture uh, for lieu of like skewing a legal approach to life and just humor and laughter and this very human thing that they have to dehumanize for their jobs. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. I don't know if it's just me trying to <laughs> do the thing I do every week where I try to sound smarter than I am. And I do also want to say, I think uh, this episode serves as a very interesting counter or, or sister episode uh, to an episode of Evil, uh, the second to last episode of season one, which is about uh, two Africans who emigrated to America, uh, one of which... Uh, was of Tutsi origin, uh, and the other was a, I believe, I like brought it up here to make sure I don't fuck it up, uh, a R Rwandan radio host. And true to life, the Rwandan radio host would tell jokes dehumanizing 
the Tutsi people. And so, you know, 20, 30 years after this, uh, a Tutsi comes to America seeking rightful revenge for joking about killing these people. So they're, the, the, they're in the King canon. There is an episode of television about the harm that jokes do and the power that jokes have over people. Uh, so it's not as though they're coming in wholly from like, a, oh, you can't joke about anything anymore. Like they have explored the other side of this issue, which there are some things that have consequence. And I do even appreciate that, you know, when they were going through the cards of like, what can't we joke about? Jay brought up autism and he just kind of moved past. It's like, yep, yeah, no, we're not, we're not doing that. We're not making fun of that. We recognize that there are jokes that, have an impact you know even as much as people want to say you can't make a joke about anything anymore there are jokes that have impact but we can like ease up someone can crack a joke about their nigerian boyfriend and which no one seems to be harmed aside from the acknowledgement of a stereotype which god what is that one lawyer lawyer's name who's just a fucking buzzkill <laughs> Oh yeah, uh, short haircut and the, and the yeah. earrings. Short I don't know her name. But every Ma every uh, Madeline, maybe maybe I think so. I yeah, think it's like oh man, and she wants to be a but, name partner. Come on, <laughs> it's like come but on. That, if you can't chill, how are you gonna be a name partner? This is the, like yeah, that, this is the Reddick Fun Times law firm now. So <laughs> <laughs> that that joke, that punchline is so good because it's a it's a known like. Cause like the Nigerian part of it, maybe some people might think of it as like a racial thing or something, but I took it as, oh, because of those emails we used to get back. That's like, what uh, I the, thought. Yeah, the Nigerian mm -hmm. prince thing. He gets but, me to do things I never thought I would do. Yeah, exactly. Great punchline. So yeah. I think that's probably why they had to bring in the younger crowd because that's where the gap is. Because maybe mm -hmm. the, the older crowd isn't getting those emails but us, we've seen that, or we have friends that got those chain emails, and that's why it's a it's a known thing. It's a funny thing. Oh, oh, that's not real. Da -da -da. So, yeah, I like, I like, I'm, I might, I might love this episode because it's so much <laughs> going on at one time and so many levels that like I can get on board with. So, yeah, yeah. I like that. I, I think it's also very smart about not telling us too many of the jokes mm -hmm. because I, I'm sure you all have had this experience where I'm watching a TV, you know, theater movie that is depicting a comedy show and the jokes are trash and I'm immediately mm -hmm. taken out of it. Of like, yep. this wouldn't be getting those laughs. Are you kidding me? This would be dead in the water. Yeah. And so by not showing us that many jokes, they very smartly got around that issue. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. Um, Can... You go ahead, too. <laughs> I, I was just going to say, I would love to hear thoughts on Wayne and Liz. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm all for it. Where did I like it come it. from? I'm, I'm just like, where did this come from? That goes, that goes back to what I was saying a little while ago that like, we're not privy to that information right now this season. Yeah. So he's yeah. just in bed. Then all of a sudden they're talking about business the next day. I'm like, hello, Miss like, hello? hello, Mr. Cooper. The, I, the, I the, think that I think the That's way the relationship point. happened is that one of them looks like Audra McDonald and the other looks like Wayne Brady. <laughs> 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 like, I think if you're of similar age and that uh, attractive, like, it's just like, why not? We're both rich. Oh, jeez. What are we going to do? Find a hot poor person? No. <laughs> <laughs> what? There are a lot of hot people that don't have a lot of money. But yes, I see what you're saying. I I think, yeah, I, going back to what Keen was saying, I, yeah, I guess we've been spoiled because even with my favorite couple ever, um, Charlotte and Adrian, we got mm -hmm. to see how that started and the flirtation and everything. So I don't know. I'm kind of, it's, for me, it's hard to buy into the relationship because I don't know how they got together. And he's yeah. just like, he's just like, well, I'm in bed. And now I have a question for you as your client. And I did improv in 2008. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't, <So>, Wayne. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But I yeah, do think, I'm surprised. I do think there's, it, it, we are still living in the, that um, we missed out on a, a year of, these people's lives like mm -hmm. i think we are still very yeah. much seeing the effects of that in these episodes and they're holding true to that first episode that was like yep here are the highlights but you're gonna have to catch up mm -hmm. on some stuff as we go along yeah. too so i think that's kind of 
I, I really hope we learn more about how they came to be at least a little bit, you know, um, love some hot goss, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, I think I, I forgive it for that reason. Just knowing that like, oh yeah, at some point during the past year, maybe something, something yeah, happened went out for drinks. Yeah. We need like, you know how like some shows have like webisodes to like, like little mini stuff to promote yeah. themselves and to win like short form Emmys. We need us just like a, a mailroom gosh sesh mini series oh. or mini webisodes yeah. of just like maybe the mailroom employees and Jay and Marissa just dropping the goss. Mm-hmm. That would be keep awesome. Us up to, give, give some little lore drops. Give me, <laughs> give me, give me an investigative episode with just Jay. Like he's just like, you mean do what? Okay, cool. And then the whole yeah. episode is him just doing that. Just him yeah. following yeah. the leads and like doing the research. Doing yeah, his little great. Columbos, yeah. Yep. Um, I also I feel like this episode in particular Marissa was just kind of meandering around like it was every time we saw her she was like walking like so whatever I don't know yeah look just see where the wind takes me I don't know and I kind of just what is going on is it me or has she lost some of that edge that she had when she was an investigator because I, I feel think like that's intentional. Okay, makes sense. Mm-hmm. There was that horrible line in the episode when I think they asked her if she wanted a drink, and she goes, "Am I Marissa?" And I was like, <laughs> "Ugh, gross, <laughs> gross." Ugh. But that's Marissa. <laughs> I was gonna say, I don't know that that's oh. like a horrible line so much as absolutely a thing a human being would say that would make me go, "Oh." <laughs> <laughs> am i marissa and she goes in and she like i didn't need to see marissa hanging out in the mail room with jay and i think it's a gym mail room guy and mm-hmm. but you know whatever i like that mail room guy getting some shine finally yeah I think, more lines. i think he's great i love like i said i love the fact that lee is back um yeah and they i think they have a new cast of it but i think they're slowly forming that um that associates kind of team again so mm-hmm. it's cool to see mm-hmm. that mm-hmm and then they all decided to like boycott HR, which was, I was like, I didn't even know that's something you could do. They were like, we're not going to see him. We're all busy. <laughs> <was> like, okay. <laughs> sure. Well, the one person did rightfully that. say, I do think that's a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. I don't think they had to. Wasn't it just Liz that went up? But mm-hmm. I think, I think so. behind the scenes, they never, they never went up. But yeah, um, we'll, we'll see next episode. Yeah, he he is a little like I'm glad that he's getting you know more shine and more lines and whatnot. But I don't know, he's a little troublemaker. Like, he's <laughs> like, look what I printed up to give to all of you who work. It's like, do you not remember the training y'all had and how annoying these HR people are with the whole Lori, <laughs> STR Lori stuff? And I I'm just like, this is not the time. This is not the battle. You know. So yeah. I was just like, did you forget where you worked? This is not a good idea. It was so funny with those cards that they were handing them out and then everyone started trading them to get a card for a joke they felt comfortable telling. Right. Thus defeating the entire point he was trying yeah. to prove. So good. Right. Um, I do want to yeah. make a plea to the Kings here and now to mm-hmm. bring in at least one cool HR person. Like just, I don't mean to be one of those people, but not all HR mm-hmm. people. We, mm-hmm. we need some we need some cool HR rep. Uh, hashtag yeah. not all HR people. No, yeah. <laughs> there's there's like a pretty decent HR person in a in a if you watch Apple TV's Mythic Quest, there's mm. an HR person if you're looking for some good HR representation. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Am I am I wrong in saying that Toby wasn't like the worst HR guy ever? He just seemed real cool. He just mm-hmm. seemed like, hey, we shouldn't probably <laughs> like well, he we didn't do that, Michael. That's not a thing. And then Michael was the one that went crazy. So I'm just saying there's good yeah. HR. And the look on that woman's face when they said, Can you make a joke? Why would I do that? <laughs> what? Yeah. Did you, like that that was crazy. Yeah. She was about to melt. Was... <laughs> ah! Yeah. Um also uh, my my two other thoughts on this are um david lee sucks yeah Mm -hmm. go away forever i love that liz told him off at the end of the episode um i was very grateful for that and i really liked morgan the stand-up uh character Mm -hmm. character of the stand-up 
the I guess monologue or whatever her reaction to <laughs> their script and the way she left that mm-hmm. office I loved it so much I just ate that yeah up. <laughs> it was so well done that was good yeah oh I found that the names of the two uh so or the two partners that are con constantly annoyed and mm-hmm. buzzkills it's Madeline and Barry Madeline Barry, Barry. Barry. okay Madeline. yeah Barry oh geez those oh, two anything else on on this stuff i do think i I think the thing this show was missing for a long time was it's rosencrantz and gildenstern characters and i do think that it's madeline and barry (laughs) i'm very happy that they're truly arriving into those roles yeah i love it all right should we uh power on through to the wackner stuff let's do it him oh man any any thoughts on on what real quick the one the the one quick thing i want to say is i think everyone here knows this the only way that works if it's an old white dude that does it anyone else they're like who are you why are you here oh yeah yeah like the the fact that he was like uh where can i go it's uh to the to the right you say (laughs) i'm like i'm turning him into dude from uh wonderful life um but uh yeah, him like learning through osmosis and like seeing how the court system works. And I think Leah took him to trial, which is insane. <laughs> like that, the fact that they didn't show us that another great move. Um, and like, <laughs> I kind great. of appreciate what he's trying to do, but it's just I'm I'm kind of on Diane's side, where it's just like, you have who gave you this power to do this? Like this, it doesn't make sense. It's not right. And the fact that he has now he's through copy coop, he has the what what is he doing? Uh, he's notarizing stuff now. So it's like mm-hmm. uh, he's right, but I don't feel comfortable with it. Um, so I really want to see what court is trying to bring in for this. Um mm-hmm. it's it's cool to see what he what he's gonna do with that. Mm-hmm. So I, I think in, in hearing what cord had to say this episode I, I think the intent of this storyline has sort of locked into place for me in that they are I think what the kings are investigating is like what happens when you try to uber the law mm. uh, and like disrupt these industries because he uses that word which is like a big word in the tech world you know uber was introduced as disrupting uh, the taxi cab service and now a shitload of taxi ca- taxi cab drivers are out of work or have had to reduce their wages uh, and Uber drives are getting treated like shit. And it's generally a much worse off situation in the name of disrupting and making it cheaper. Uh, And I think that's kind of, I I think they're setting the seeds for that being the conclusion of this arc in that a bunch of rich people are going to come in, inject their money into it. And it's just going to make everything worse for a lot of people in the way that a lot of these Silicon Valley startups do. Hey, I mean, this is not helpful or insightful in any way, but I just love Mandy Patinkin. I just am so (laughs) enjoying him. He's he's so good. He really is. Oh man. And he's, he's great. Also big shout out to uh, Mandy Patinkin. Right, I think that's his handle on TikTok. Oh, on TikTok? TikTok, he's very good on TikTok. Oh, I gotta look him up. A very wholesome, very wholesome content. It from- just—it's nice yeah. to see Mandy Patinkin have fun on TV again for the first time in I think like fifteen years, because the man was trapped on Homeland for the entirety of that show's run, having to watch Claire Danes be all kinds of manic. Mm-hmm. Or that <laughs> he had to wow. do a couple seasons of Criminal Minds before getting out of there. The last time I think he had fun on TV was, I don't know, this might just be for me. Has anyone here seen, heard of the show Dead to Me on Showtime? That was wild. Was, From what I remember, it, yeah. it's 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 really, it, it was rules. out there. Yeah. It was the show that the Pushing Daisies guy did before Pushing Daisies. And it was and it was Mandy Patinkin and a bunch of people as like very down to earth Grim Reapers who just went and like visited people before they died. Oh, Dead it, Like Me? Dead Like Me, Dead Like Me, that's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Dead to Me is like the Christine Applegate one. Yeah. Dead, I was like, saying, I was, like, was he in there? Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's so fun. I want to see him uh, and Charles Lester in the same room. Oh, man. That would be fun. <laughs> we got close. That they they fun. were in the same room at different times. I know. 
They're going to go in that elevator. Yep. So many business deals going down. Mm -hmm. Well, I Um, imagine if if you're trying to get Wallace Shawn to say inconceivable in your TV show, that price (laughs) shoots up. Yeah. Oh, man. That'd be great. Um, The one thing I did like, I liked, I was kind of looking at Marissa like, hey, Marissa, take some notes from Judge Wagner on this. But when the judge said as he was listening in, the associates told him about racial bias in juries. And he mm-hmm. used that, you know, had people coming in, you know, wearing masks and, you know, their whole mascot thing. And I'm just like, okay, look at you. Look at you listening to people of color's concern and, you know, mm-hmm. implementing that and how you run court. So that was the one thing I was like, okay, this is cool. I like it. And uh, yeah, so that was a cool moment. And then when the, I also like how he selected the jurors, asking the guy if he knew the national anthem. And as soon as the guy mm. messed up, he goes, liar. <laughs> they just <laughs> have to leave. And I knew not to trust that guy because they were like, this is so-and-so from Wicker Park. And I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I know all about Wicker Park. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I, I really, I'm enjoying it. I just, I hope it's, I, it's his intention stay. Yeah. as pure as they seem like they are at the moment i don't yeah. know where it's going to lead, but i i want them to stay pure and i really i love the line, I... um uh just the line that marissa said where she said you pretend to be dumb so people will talk don't you and i i think that very well summed up his whole deal and i i don't know i'm worried he's being a little sneaky in but i hope it's all sneaky for the good reasons yeah yeah because i mean he knows that he's getting in with like he's accepting money money like capital m money he's talking to wayne brady he's about to get himself a netflix deal especially <laughs> the obama deal gets streaming yeah. possibly I, I i can imagine that that might be like the next step we see like the next time we go to that court they're filming a pilot yeah <laughs> and it's also it's i don't know i wouldn't want to get mixed up with the David Cord guy who freaks me out with his little glasses like, <laughs> and they're colored. And I just was like, no, you are a villain from any nineties uh, <laughs> movie. But he, um, that moment where he's with Marissa and he's like, this is the future. I was like, oh God, because <laughs> it's too much. Um, so we'll see, but yeah, he's David Cord slash Rathbone. Don't trust him. Mm-hmm. And let's go back to Kurt. I don't trust Kurt. <laughs> Didn't forget. <laughs> As a reminder. Uh, White skin, gray hair, don't trust him. That is, that is a pattern we are seeing time and time again. Uh, why? Oh, man. But I'm hopeful. I hope, I hope everything turns out, you know, great, you know, for the people and for people to get justice. But once you start mixing up the money of evildoers <laughs> it's kind of mm-hmm. how do you i don't yeah. know how do you how do you stay how do you keep your integrity you know right. but he, he said what did he say he's the example he's like oh if jesus christ gave me such and such money like i'm still not i'm still going to do the right thing so they seem to have an understanding but it usually never works out in the favor of the person who is trying to do the right thing yeah um, yeah. yeah which we would hope especially for a guy who seems to just be a living ben and jerry's carton I know, <laughs> right? And it, those sweet. Guys, hey, he loves the Grateful Dead. Those are two cool white guys, Ben and yeah, Jerry. They That's are. what I'm saying. It's like they're they're you know I I'm gonna say that and watch a scandal come out tomorrow, and we're gonna have to like yeah. update this episode. I'm like they're great, and then something horrible happens. So, but so far, what I have seen up to this point, July 2021, Ben and Jerry's <laughs> cool, two cool old white guys. <laughs> Oh, all right. Well, shall let's um get into our winners and losers, um for this episode, and let's let's start with the losers. So we end on a win. Uh, Keen, who's your loser? It was it was tough, uh, but my loser is the person that forgot the shredding company was here today. <laughs> uh, it was is Diane? Uh, dimed out, dimed out your husband. But she didn't know at the time. She didn't know yet, but she had ample opportunity to let him know, Kurt, um, there's something we need to discuss. 
uh, but she didn't. So it came back to bite her. So, um, well, I got I got a secondary that I'll bring back. But yeah, that's definitely uh, the loser for this episode, Diane. Yeah. Jack. Uh, I think for loser, I, I got to go David Lee. Uh, just a, he's being a real jerk, being being just he's too much power, being the worst of the worst, uh, and does not have Diane's sixth sense of being able to tell who. Uh, Liz is sleeping with. Otherwise, he would have known. <laughs> he doesn't have to worry about losing this client. He's fine. Liz has got it. Liz has got it in more than ways than one. Liz has got him. <laughs> Trust her, David. Uh, Tia? Well, since everyone is a fan of Liz, I don't, I now I feel bad about listing Liz as my loser. You can, you can. I, I, I won't refute. Um, what I'll do I will say my loser I'll say HR is my loser because they lost control like nobody wants to go and see them and they had to listen to Liz (laughs) try and make them (laughs) tell a joke so my loser is HR awesome uh my loser I'm gonna go with um our friend from the mailroom I don't know that he's quite the Mm -hmm. loser yet but I feel very nervous that that's coming to bite him in the butt and he's not going to be there anymore Mm -hmm. so i'm feeling anxious about that um and then mike submitted his losers as well and um he says uh kurt because diane got him in this mess so Mm. yeah Mm -hmm. i mean i think I think yes, Diane uh, got think him Kurt in this mess, in but this he mess. yeah. I think Kurt got of, Kurt in his mess. Kurt is the one <laughs> training him and bringing them around. And, yeah, so I don't tried know. To, yeah, tried to save Dylan Pike, and yeah. it Pike fired. <laughs> Am I right? Um, oh, okay. Let's hit. Uh, <laughs> let's hit the winners for this app. <laughs> Tia, who's your winner? Oh boy. Um, hopefully it's funny because I already had this in my notes before Keane said anything. So hopefully this is not Keane's winner, but I have the elevator as my winner for this because elevators mm. making building partnerships right and left. I feel like the el- like what Cupid's arrow is to love the elevator is to business partnerships. Mm. Love it. Jack? Uh, I think I, I want to give my winner to Julius. I think he just scored his first big client. <laughs> you know, he's got Curry's taking on a big case. Mm-hmm. It fits within his political interests. You know, I, I think we're going to see a lot from Julius in the future. He's a very subtle winner, uh, but a winner nonetheless. And I also liked seeing how proud of himself he was for what was clearly his very bad Amish joke. Yeah. <laughs> I very much enjoyed that. Keen? Uh, my winner is. Uh, the person that I hosted for on top of a um, ice cream parlor in the middle of Maniunk so many years ago. And that's Emma Wilman. That's the person who played Morgan. Um, and to see someone that is I've known for years to be so funny and so good to have her make it make a bold entrance with, mind you, a very good joke. And then to leave out on that rant was beautiful. Because whenever you see a comedian lose their mind, it's very similar to that. We'll just yell into the ether and just walk away. Carry a whole conversation with the person that we left and just keep on talking. So great scene. Very cool to see her do so well. So yeah, Emma Wilman is my my winner. Awesome. Um, I am going to go with Liz as my winner because she's she's just having some fun. I I loved that her... (laughs) For the most part, all of her issues this episode were relatively lighthearted. I feel like we don't always, Liz is sometimes burdened by lots of other people's very serious problems. So I love that it was just like, her biggest issue was trying to prove that she's funny. And um, it was like, this this is just a delight to watch. Um, mm-hmm. Mike's winner was everyone who gets on that elevator. So mm-hmm. um, that checks out. So, okay, and then um, let's get into our, our locks. Um, for anybody who's just now joining, who's like, I needed a podcast specifically about episode four <laughs> of season five of The Good Fight and not a single episode before. Um, this is our locks portion where we're talking about 
all the things that we are predicting for the next episode and also our season locks that we have ongoing um, and predictions we made at this uh, before the start of the season. So I think our season locks, we're still dancing around. I don't think we have any mm-hmm. points to award there, but does anyone have any arguments for points? No arguments yet, but finger, no. the more we're learning about Kurt. Yeah. <laughs> I think we might be in there. I don't, I don't know. I think I think someone's gonna be getting a kitten soon. Call it a kitten. Oh man! All right. So let's uh, let's talk about some some side locks. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, let's start. Jack, do you have a side lock you would like to? Uh, I'm going to utilize an earlier prediction I threw out, which is I think the next time we're in court nine in the next episode. In court nine and three quarters, there will be television cameras and they will be Ooh. filming it. Nice. I love it. Oh, okay. Boy. Let's get some um ratings for that Tia. Oh man. I'm gonna say 0. 0.6. I could 0. totally 6. see that happening. Okay. Uh Keen. 0.8. Because I can see it happening and I want to see it happen, even though that that because I want to, that's what pushes it. But mm-hmm. Still, point eight. Okay, and I'm also going to go with a point eight. I feel like that. All right. I love it. So that gives Jack a total point possibility of point seven three. Woo woo. See what happens. Um, okay, <laughs> Tia, what is your side lock? Based off of that last scene and the cut, Liz mm-hmm. gets suspended, and she mm. goes out and get drinks with somebody. <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe it's it. maybe it's kool-aid sparkling water i don't know but oh she needs hi- some hydration after that suspension Bar- and maybe Barkeep. your best kool-aid please <laughs> uh your shashbarilla um but yeah so i think i think she's gonna have to go out and i think that would be a really cool disruption because you know for them to see her as a partner you know, her push HR in that way. And, you know, things seem to kind of be fun and great, like for them to be so fun this episode, I could see them cutting to her being, oops, her being suspended. So we'll see. Okay. Um, let's rate this lock. Keen, what's your... Um, I would love it. I would love... You know what? Fuck it. Yeah, I'm gonna give that a one because I, I think... I think the way that they just throw away certain things so quickly, but they're bringing back the book club and very little sprinkles. Um, and I would, I really think that would be a great cut. As soon as it starts the punchline and they're just like, what? And then she's calling in. <laughs> yeah, Dan, I need you to run the firm for like two weeks. They put me on leave. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm gonna give that a one. I love it. Jack. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm also going to give that a one. I love it. You know what? I'm just gonna I'm gonna keep the train rolling and give it a one, as well, for bow, bow, an bow. average of one. Of <laughs> one. Awesome. Uh, Keen, how about for your side lock? I I think this might muddy the waters a bit because you don't want to. Uh, a great man once said, "You don't want to cross the streams, especially when you're shooting poltergeists and demons with uh, with your proton pack." But I think. We're gonna see the debut of Carmen Moyo at nine three fourths. I think Ooh. somehow, some way, there's gonna be like a big case, and they think we could pull one over over here, and then she's gonna get roped into it and have, have to like, like I said, make her debut. They have to defend someone there. Mm, I love it. So Jack, that's a one for you, me. Yeah, one from Tia. You know, I'm going to stick with it too. Another one all around. Beautiful. Singular sensation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, okay. For my lock. Um, that's right. I need a lock too. I forgot. <laughs> Not really. Um, okay. F- for my lock, I, I think we're going to... I feel like Diane and Kurt aren't gonna be together like not already not permanently but i feel like we are there's gonna be some definitive separation not staying together something yeah 
I, th- I think it's going to be no divorce papers thrown around or anything, but I think it's mm. going to be, yes, we're in different places. We're not speaking situation. Mm. So is separation, do you mean not speaking, not sleeping in the same house or same, like what's same what's, house? They're in different houses. Different houses. Same, yeah. Oh, snap. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I, if you're talking about that in terms of separation, I will give that a point five. Mm. I feel like I could see oh well at now no different houses how many houses they got somebody else give a point <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll jump in I'll, I'll give that I'll give that I don't the, the only thing that's stopping me is the logistics of it because I think I think Diane I think Kurt still has like that country house thing or whatever but he might have mm. sold it to like make this apartment city living thing work um so i'm gonna give it a point i'm gonna give a point six um because i could see the seeds starting or like the split begin um because i I think real real quick i think the the scene by the fire it where kurt was like this works because we respect each other as people and we ignore i don't know if you use the word ignore but like we don't judge each other on our political beliefs or whatever so i think he kind of told something there so i think but i think i think diane's gonna be a, a pit bull with this and like trying to make this work and try to stay together so that's what i'm gonna say a point six mm-hmm. um jack do you have a oh oh you're i was on mute i'm gonna say point seven <laughs> Point seven, yes. Tia, I am gonna say I'll say point seven too because I could see them still being in the same house because I think they'd want to capture all that tension for the next episode, and maybe like in two episodes they would be in separate places. But for this episode, that's why I'll give it a point seven because I'd be a little surprised if they did that. But I can also see it. But yeah, I don't know. All right, I'll take it. That gives me a possible points of 0.666, if that's any sign. Ooh. What might oh, happen? Candle. Um, and then Mike, I might need some help. Mike sent a lock and said, Carmen was shook, question mark. <laughs> Wait, what? Is that a lock? Was that, is that, my question is, was that a side lock he had from the last episode that he's, referencing no i don't think, I think so no he he said something about we'll see her being like an uncomfortable situation i think or something she she was. yeah oh with like diane and liz like was he referring to that well, with charles lester up top yeah yeah i think yeah i think he did say something about that he said um and like that oh wow that's very creepy because it goes back to what i was saying how she had the chopsticks and kind of like prepared herself just in case yeah so shit, that might be a lot because yeah she was nervous a little bit like not knowing uh. you can follow up yeah, yeah mike preliminarily mike speaking that, i'll give I'll, if that's what he's saying i'll give him that i'll i'll give him that okay so so all right so we are offering points for mike for um carmen was was indeed shook uh yeah. by charles lester <laughs> in particular so as long as that's what Mike is referring to, he right. can take those points. All right, great, um, perfect. Well, any uh, any stray th- thoughts before we <laughs> wrap up? Um, now I, I there oh. was this. Oh, go ahead. I was, I was going to say real quick. I think this might be the first episode Jay wasn't selling something, or it looked <laughs> like it. <laughs> the um, like pop, I mean, then again, then again. I can argue that when he was holding court, he was selling the cards. Like kind of like, hey, whoa, I can't do that. No, uh, you want to trade with me? So maybe, but yeah, that's, I'm I'm stretching it. I'm stretching mm-hmm. it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was gonna mention Jay too, but um, there was a part part where when Diane asked him to investigate Kurt, like find out if he led this insurrection, and Jay is like, you want me to do what now? Like just to see <laughs> Jay kind of be like, whoa, um, that was a, a funny 
moment, just his facial expression. And I wish we had more Jane Curtin this episode yeah. because mm -hmm. when we first saw her, it was so funny with her with leather and lace. And so I, I it was kind of like, oh, you brought her back, but I, I felt like we didn't have enough Jane Curtin. But those are my only stray thoughts. All right. All right. Well, that will do it for this episode of, in my opinion, the Good Fight Podcast. Thank you, Tia. Thank you, Jack. Thank you, Keen. Thank you, me. And thank you, Mike. Uh, we will see you next time. Bye. 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 <laughs> <laughs>